Hello everyone and welcome to episode 43 of Mothering Anxiety. Today's episode is anxiety and work. So I know that I am a stay-at-home mom now, but once upon a time, I used to work. <laughs> um, as someone who deals with anxiety and social anxiety, like there were times where work and going to work were very difficult for me. Um, and they, these are things that I still remember and things that I still think about and things that still give me anxiety, just like thinking about them, thinking about certain situations that like me being at work put me in. Um, so I want to go ahead and talk about my experience as a working individual who deals with anxiety and kind of like what happened and, and what I had to do and, you know, kind of, I don't want to say how I overcame it because if I were to go back to work, I would still have that anxiety. Um, but you know, just kind of what I did to survive because we all need to work at the end of the day. Like we all need to work. We need money to live, you know, pay our rent, pay our mortgage, pay the bills, pay for, um, food, like for anything, like we need to work. So I had to work because there were things that I wanted to do, things that I wanted to buy, I wanted to move out. So, you know, I had gotten myself a job and, um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about my work and where I used to work and my work experiences and how my anxiety, um, affected some of those. I'll start off by saying that I started working at a young age. Well, I mean, I guess like as young as I could have possibly been, um, I started working at 16 years old. Uh, my first job was at Hollister. Do you know the, the clothing store where like you walk in there and they fucking spray you with all this cologne and it's super dark and they only have like extra, 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 small, extra, extra, small, extra, small, and small. Yeah. I worked at Hollister um, my junior year and my senior year and I think maybe like two years of college. I honestly, I don't remember. Um, but at this point, I didn't have such bad social anxiety. Like at this point, when I was in high school, like having a job and like working at Hollister specifically in those years... Um, was like you were a fucking badass like you were the coolest person ever I remember like once I got hired um and you know in high school like the the rumor spread that I was working at Hollister like so many people went in to apply and I think only maybe like one person from my high school actually got hired at the same location that I was working at but like you were cool like anyone who worked at Hollister you knew that you were hot because they only ever um hired good looking people so like I was like the shit <laughs> because I worked at Hollister um but I I got a job or I had to get a job because I was in my school's um, dance team so I was in the jazz dance team and the hip-hop dance team and we would compete uh, for like a good like two or three months every weekend and um, we had to get costumes some of these competitions were like at theme parks like we did the Christmas parade at Disneyland um, we competed at Knott's Berry Farms we competed at Six Flags so like all of that I, I needed money for I needed money for my costumes I needed money to get into these places like some of these places had like entrance fees and stuff and um my mom refused to pay for any of that. She said, if you want to do this, you need to get a job and you need to pay for it. So I did. I got a job. I started working at Hollister and I made <laughs> shit money, but it was enough money for me to pay for what I needed. 
um, at the time. So, you know, as much as like, now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I I appreciate that my mom actually did that because it made me strive to want to work and save up my money for things that I actually wanted. Like, it made me an independent person. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. Although I am angry simply because she made me get a job, but she never made any of my other siblings get a job. Like everything they did, all their activities, all their sports, all of their whatever they did, she paid for it in and out. And um, I was the only one who had to get a job to pay for my own shit. But you know what? I'm grateful because I am a bit more financially... um, mature, (laughs) financially responsible than um, other people. So I'll leave it at that. After I worked at Hollister, I worked for um, a manufacturing company. Um, So they did like closet doors and shower doors. And they were like this big contributing company to like Home Depot and Lowe's and like all these different things. And so I worked the customer service portion of it. So like people, I was like at a call center. Um, people would call us when like they needed pricing, they needed help, something was wrong, something needed to be returned, you know, whatever it was. Um, during this time when I was at this job, it was when I was in a very toxic relationship, um, and issues that were going on in this relationship would like come in towards my work ethics, Um, and this is when like my anxiety started to get at its worst. Like there was many things that were triggering my anxiety. And at this point I didn't really like realize what was, what was going on. Um, I am grateful for that job. This was my first like full time job. So I worked, you know, eight to five or whatever my schedule was 40 hours a week. Um, and you know, my grandparents were very proud of me because they're like, wow, you have a full time job and you're only like think I was 20 yeah I hadn't turned 21 yet so I was 20 um but like you know you're a 20 year old and all your friends are out having fun and partying and drinking and you know what oh well no we don't drink sorry (laughs) um but you know what I'm saying like people are out like partying and having fun everyone just has like a part-time job and you know everyone's going out but I was stuck in an office like 40 full hours a week. And it was, um, you know, kind of difficult, I would put it that way. Um, but I did meet some really good people, some older people, cause I was the youngest one there, um, that, you know, kind of helped open my eyes to a lot of things and helped me kind of go through some shit that I was going through because I was going through this very toxic relationship and I was 20 years old like I was young and dumb and I didn't realize what was going on um but these people were older and they would be like hey man like that's not right and that's not okay um But this was kind of like the turning point of like where my anxiety came from and like how it affected how I was working. After working at this manufacturing company, um, I ended up getting a job at the gym. Um, I started working for LA Fitness. This is where my anxiety through like working became its worst. 
Um, I don't, (laughs) anyone who's ever worked in a gym, like, can tell you how fucking brutal it is to work at a gym. And when I started working for LA Fitness, um, I actually started working at the Hollywood location. So I was in, on Hollywood Boulevard, like the gym that we worked on was on Hollywood Boulevard, like right next to the Chinese theater, right next to Hollywood and Highland, like the people who would come in here felt very entitled. They were all aspiring entertainers. So they all thought that they like that they were, I don't know, supposed to be catered to. And like, it was insane. Not to mention like the pressure you felt. Um, So I worked, uh, so I started working basically as like, a collections person (laughs) like so I would call everyone whose memberships were like declined like you know their card changed they didn't pay no funds like whatever and I would have to call these people and um you know make them pay and it, it was basically like cold calling that's what it was they would get like a shit ton of phone calls because everyone, every single LA fitness out there had this same list that they would go through. So because it was commission based, so like every person who would give you their new credit card information, you would make money off of that. So everyone is like fucking hungry. So <laughs> yeah, if you've ever gotten a phone call from LA fitness, which I'm sure you've maybe had like 20 billion of them in one day, it's because we would get commission. Also, because there was so much pressure in getting all these fucking shits done um, that, like, if we didn't make enough, like, money or enough points that day, like, we would get in trouble. (laughs) This was when I realized that, like, I didn't do well under so much pressure. Um, There would be times where I would have, like, panic attacks in my car before walking in for my shift um, because, like, I just knew that, like, if I didn't hit this amount of numbers and I would not like get in trouble but like not be patted on the back either like hey good job sort of a deal um and like I just I couldn't do it so I spoke to my manager and I was like hey like I can't do this like it's just too much um and they didn't want me to go so they said okay transfer over to the front desk and so I did Because I'm over here thinking like, oh, this is going to be wonderful. All I got to do is just scan people in and like it would be perfect. But um, little did I know that I would be 100% wrong. I'm not sure if it's like just people in general who come into the gym feel some sort of like entitlement or something or I don't know, lack of people skills or whatever. But like people were so fucking rude and so fucking mean like it was ridiculous ridiculous I remember one story specifically um some guy came over to the front desk and he was in the basketball court okay and he was like sweating huffing and puffing whatever you could obviously tell that he was running around and playing basketball and um he comes over to the front desk and he's just like, you guys need to like put air conditioner in there or like a window or something. It is so fucking hot in there. And I was like, oh, you know, well, there is an air conditioner in there um, and, and it's running. 
And I'm like, but you know, if, if you're running around and, you know, huffing and puffing and stuff, it probably means that you're, you know, working out. This is just kind of what happens to your body. You're overheated. So you're, you're going to sweat. Like, you know, you're doing the right thing. Like just drink some water. Like you'll be okay. And he was like, you need to build a window. And I'm like, that's a great suggestion, sir. And I'm like, but, you know, the way that the building is set up, um, if we were to build a window where the basketball court is, um, you would only see into the next store over. Like, you wouldn't see outside where you would potentially get a breeze in. I'm like, because we're, we're in a building where there's other stuff around us. And he, like, looks at me, like, dead in the eye. And he's just like, so you're not going to fucking build a window? And I'm just like, no, sir, but I'll be sure to make the suggestion to my manager when he gets in. And he just like huffed and like walked away. And I'm just like, what in the actual fuck just happened right now? Like, what? <laughs> um, I got called so many things working that front desk simply for doing my job. Okay, my job was to scan people in, make sure that their account was okay to go, and then give them the okay to go inside. But if something alerted me, you know, like whether they needed to update their credit card information, they needed a new photo, we need an email, like we needed something, I would have to stop them and be like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, my computer is telling me that we need, you know, X, Y, and Z. And these people would get so mad. And, like, I got called many, many things simply for doing my job. Um, this only made my anxiety worse because I was like, what kind of day am I going to have today? Am I going to have the nice people that are going to come into the gym or am I going to have those entitled brats who are going to come into the gym? Like, I just... It, it was always like a yo-yo. Like I didn't know what kind of day I was going to have at work. And this would just make my anxiety bad. And then there was like people that I knew that always caused problems who were always regulars. And when I would just see them walk in through the door, I already knew that like something was going to happen. And at that point, my anxiety would just like rise to the fucking top. When I would see these people walk in, I was like, oh, what the fuck is going to happen today? Or what the fuck are they going to complain about today? Um, luckily, though, at one point, I had a really good manager. And, like, he understood my anxiety when it came to this. And so, you know, when these people would walk in, I would just be like, hey, man, um, you know, this person is coming in and he'd be like, all right, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of it. And so my manager would walk up to the front and I would like take a walk, <laughs> like go pretend to go do something else because there was just certain people that I just could not handle. My anxiety was just horrible, like because I just knew that they were going to say something that was going to trigger something. And like I'm trying to be a great worker and give great customer service and I can't necessarily cuss these people out or you know anything and it was just not okay but I was very fortunate that one of my managers understood that very well and he would always just let me take a walk so that he can deal with these people and I didn't have to um unfortunately you know it just 
it ended up getting worse and worse. And I would switch to different locations because um, I would move or, you know, change position, get promoted and that stuff. And um, I had to quit because it was simply too much. Um, and not to mention that, like, it, it felt like I they were dangling a carrot in front of me and I could never reach it. Like, it would always be like, oh, well, you'll get promoted or like, oh, you just need to work on these numbers and you'll get promoted. So I was working my ass off to, like, get to a certain position that realistically was never going to happen. So um, at this point, I was already married and my husband also worked at the gym. I met my husband at the gym, but he had the other sales job, which he had his own pressures all on his own. But he was like, you know what, if you want to quit, like just quit. Um, so I did. And I ended up working at a restaurant, <laughs> um, which is like two totally different, you know, dynamics. Um, but when I started working in the restaurant, like all the waitresses would always warn me like, oh man, like just wait, like the customer service at the restaurant, like people complain and it's insane. But let me tell you that like working at a restaurant and when people would complain, it was nothing, literally nothing in comparison to the things that people would complain about at the gym. And working at this restaurant was like a breeze. It was wonderful. Like I loved it. Not to mention very easy money, like tips and stuff, very easy money. Um, but my anxiety would get really bad when we would be super busy. Um, so like I worked the nighttime shifts and like when we would get that like dinner rush, like holy fucking shit, I was a hot mess. Some of the bus boys hated me because um, I would get into this like rage mode because I was so stressed out and my anxiety was so bad. And I was like, I need to get drinks for this table, put in the order for this table, you know, grab this from this table, give this table ketchup, you know, whatever. And like, I would literally be yelling at these bus boys and I'd be like, I need fucking ketchup for table 27, you know, like whatever. And, and they hated me. And at the end of our shift, like I would always apologize. I'd be like, I'm sorry. This is just how I get my, my stress out. And I'm like, I'm an anxious wreck when this happens. Um, but you know, like you have to do what you have to do to survive. You know, unfortunately we all have to work and, any job is going to have its stressors and any job is going to, you know, have its triggers for you as someone with anxiety. Um, but, you know, we I always say, like, I go into full on survival mode, like I just shut everything out and I need to do, you know, A, B and C and I'm going to do A, B and C and then get the fuck out of there. Um, but, you know, you, you need to do it. You, you need money. You need to work in order to survive in this life. While I was working um, this restaurant, I was working on getting my certification to be a personal trainer. Um, and I remember that interview. Um, so I was interviewing to work at the same gym that my husband was working at. So my interview process had to be different than anyone else's simply because they didn't want people to assume that the only reason why I got the job was because my husband worked there. So I had to get interviewed by like the personal training manager and then like the general manager also, which nobody else had to go through this process. Um, I had met the general manager 
once before, like outside, because my husband had been working there for almost a year. Um, but like, you know, when he came in for this interview, like it was like a total different person, which I get, I understand, you know, he's got to be professional and he's got to be like, you know, just to like not show like preference or whatever. And, um, this interview was the worst fucking interview of my life. And until today, it's been like five, six years since I had this interview. And I still get major anxiety thinking about it and thinking about what was asked of me and how I answered these questions. Like, I remember coming home from that interview crying, just crying because I was like, I I felt so disrespected and I felt so like grilled for no fucking reason. Um, And I remember crying and my husband was like, if you don't want to take the job, like you don't have to. And I'm just like, no, like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to prove him fucking wrong. Um, But like I said, until today, I still feel that anger and that anxiety. Like, I still think about that interview and just think like, wow, you were so fucking dumb. Like, why would you answer those questions like that? And like, that's on living with anxiety. You replay all these like past scenarios over and over and then like repunish yourself every time, even though this was obviously five, six years ago. Like, why does it fucking matter? I ended up getting the job anyways, you know? But that is life with anxiety. So working as a personal trainer was probably one of the most fulfilling jobs I've ever had. And um, I don't know if this just comes from my childhood trauma of like needing to be a people pleaser or like needing to fix everyone and help everyone. Um, But I had a really good time and experience being a personal trainer. Uh, It was very satisfying. Um, I ended up creating very great relationships with some of my clients. Some of these clients I still talk to. Um, And it was just, it was fun to do. Um, I absolutely loved it. There was no pressure whatsoever over like any sort of numbers to hit or sales to hit. And like if there was, they were very easily achievable. Um, And not to mention the pay for this was fucking ridiculous. Like ridiculous. Um, So I was living loving my life I was like yeah I get to you know train people come home I get to take a nap in the middle of the day and then I got to go back and do it all over again um but then they changed the dynamics of how personal training was going to work and they ended up adding some sort of sales portion to it um and this brought back all of my triggers all of my anxieties from the pressure that I felt from working at LA Fitness and needing to meet certain numbers And I started again with these mini panic attacks before going into my shift when I had to do like the sales portion of this because I could not like I remember all of the feelings that I felt of like not hitting my numbers, all the pressure that I felt like it was just it was so bad that I had to complain to one of the managers. I was like, I can't do this. Like if you guys are going to expect x amount of sales from me like I'm going to leave because I cannot 
And at this point, like they were just um, testing the whole sales portion of it. So like I could opt out of it if I wanted to. And I explained this to this manager and she said, all right, okay, we'll, we'll take you out because we don't want to lose you as a trainer. Um, and so I was able to get out of it, but I knew that at one point they would permanently make the switch and we would have to do our own sales. And I got in, like anticipatory anxiety because I knew that this change was going to happen eventually. So every time like my manager would call me into the office, like I would get anxiety because I was like, fuck, today is the day she tells me that now I need to do this for sure. Um, but it was always like something else. But, you know, the joys of having that job and like the joys that it brought to me were slowly going away because of, you know, the triggers. And I, you know, say it's kind of like PTSD from working at LA Fitness and all of, you know, the pressures that I had there were transferring over to this other job. And this was taking away all of the pleasure that I got from this. So my husband ended up getting promoted and he had to transfer over to a different location. So I had to transfer over with him. Um, at this new location, I was expected to do sales. Um, but the way that this manager like presented it, it, it didn't make it, I don't want to say as hard, but like it didn't, I didn't feel so much pressure. Like she made it very easy in order for us to like reach these numbers and reach these goals, which, you know, I appreciate. And, um, she, she herself also suffered from very bad, like social anxiety. And, um, so when I would talk to her and explain to her, like my feelings about it, she a hundred percent understood. And I'm very grateful for that. And so she made it fairly easy for me to be able to reach these numbers, essentially keep my job, um, and it was fun, but I would say that because we had moved to a brand new location and I knew absolutely no one and we moved to a fairly, very small town, um, I was suffering from culture shock and, um, I just had anxiety in a totally different level all on its own because I was in a brand new place. Um, I, you know, I didn't know anyone. It, it was just a lot like we had just bought our new home and not even a year living in our home we had to move into this small apartment you know and and just like moving and everything and it was just a lot um and I could feel myself just like losing a little bit of that worth ec work ethic because my anxiety was just so bad from just like all these other things um I remember I was doing, um, you know, something with someone with a potentially new client and they said something that was just extremely triggering and I went into the office and I just sat down and I cried and, and my boss was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I just, I, I need a moment. Like I just can't. And she was like, don't worry about it. I'll go take care of it. And so she did. Um, but it was just a lot after a while, you know, I started to get to know people more, more coworkers, and, you know, I, I, I got friends <laughs> and we would go out, but then I ended up being pregnant and, you know, or getting pregnant, sorry. And then all these other different things happened. But, um, you know, I feel that at this location specifically, because I was pregnant and obviously not looking quote unquote fit and because I was pregnant. <laughs> um, 
I had really bad anxiety that people were judging me and just being like, oh, wow, you know, she's she's pregnant and she's gaining weight. Like, oh, my goodness. But she's a personal trainer. Like, how could she be gaining weight? You know, and like, realistically, nobody gave a fuck. Nobody even knew I was pregnant. I left at 32 weeks pregnant. Half of my clients didn't even know. Um, I didn't tell anyone that I was pregnant. I mean, other than like, obviously the workers there, but like my own clients, like I I didn't tell anyone, not until like I was leaving, like the week before I was like, Hey, I'm going to be gone. And they'd be like, what, why are you leaving? Like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, "Mm, well, I'm about to give birth in a few weeks. And they're just like, what the fuck? Like, um, Nobody knew, but in my mind, in my anxious mind, I felt that everyone was judging me because I was a trainer and I was gaining weight. And um, for this portion of my pregnancy, like it looked like I was gaining weight. I, I didn't have like a big, huge round belly. Like I just didn't. So like in my mind, I was like, people probably think that I'm a horrible trainer because I'm getting fat. Not because they don't know that I'm pregnant, you know, and it was bad. It was so bad. Plus, I had my own anxieties and I was dealing with antipartum depression all along there. And I had told my boss, I was like, I can't work anymore. Like, I just I can't. And I got a note from my doctor and I told him, you know, I was like, I can't do it. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. I I just I I can't. And so they all thought like, okay, well, you know, you stressing out is only going to make it worse for your baby. And I was already dealing with high blood pressure. I was already dealing with all these different complications. So they all figured and thought that it was best that I would just not work anymore. So I left and I stopped working at 32. Actually, stop. I stopped working at 34 weeks. Um, and, you know, I... I still think about that time and, and how I felt and like I get that anxiety all over again and this is life with an anxious brain. You just feel that like people are always constantly judging you and people are always constantly talking about you and thinking about you and like realistically no one cares. Nobody fucking cares but you know that was added pressure onto my pregnancy like i already deal with body dysmorphia all on its own now add getting pregnant which obviously is going to shape shift the way your body is it, you know that's just how it works and i knew this i knew this mentally but like i i couldn't deal with it i i couldn't and i'll talk about Uh, you know, having body dysmorphia and being pregnant on a totally different episode. But this added my, to my anxiety of me being at work. And it got so bad to the point where I couldn't work anymore. So I ended up having to leave on maternity leave a little bit earlier than most people. Obviously, I haven't worked since then. Um, Well, I went back to train a few clients for like maybe a month after Logan was born. Um, but then I had to quit because of my husband's job and everything. And that's how I became a stay-at-home mom. Um, but, you know, maybe it was because I didn't have maybe the best jobs. And my anxiety was super crippling at times. Um, you know, but you ha- you just, you have to go into that survival mode. Like, 
you have to work. We have to work. We live in a world where we have to work in order to survive. We need to pay our bills. We need to have a place to live. We need food on the table. Like we need to go to work. I was very fortunate that at, you know, at some locations I had uh, very good managers who understood uh, my anxieties and understood that there were certain things that I just was not capable of doing. Um, and they would do their very best to help me. And um, I am very grateful for those three managers, essentially, which all three of them I am still really good friends with. Um, one of them is actually Logan's godfather, you know. Um, so I am I was fortunate enough to have people like that. And I know that there are people out there who are not as fortunate as I am. Um, but in the jobs where I didn't have that you know, relationship with my managers. Um, I, I did talk to my managers when things got too much. I did talk to them and most of the time they understood and they tried to help to the best of their ability. Um, so if you're someone who is working and there are just things that are going on that you just like cannot do, I would advocate for yourself and talk because maybe your manager is going to understand better than you think that they will. You know, maybe they, you know, put on this persona of being this like tough person, but maybe in, deep down inside they deal with, you know, mental health and anxiety or whatever too, or they've dealt with it also. So advocate for yourself. If you, if there's just something that you just like cannot do, I would speak up about it. Um, and this is just kind of on breaking that stigma on mental health, you know. It's not that you're asking for you know, something, some special care. It's just that you're saying, hey, listen, I know that I'm a good worker, but this here is just making me not be as good of a worker. And maybe they might be able to help. I would say advocate for yourself and break that stigma on mental health. We need to be able to speak up when we need to. Um, and I know that that's hard. I know that it's hard that, you know, to admit that we deal with mental health issues, but we, you know, but we do. And we need to learn to advocate for ourselves and we need to learn to stand up for ourselves. And, um, you know, in the workplace, if it's someplace that you spend most of your day or most of your time at, you need to be able to speak up and let them know like, hey, this is how I'm going to be able to do my best. We need to make it more common that mental health is health. Um, you know, we take sick days when, you know, we're not feeling good or um, need, I don't know, a doctor's appointment or something and it's acceptable in the workplace. But like if you were to call and say like, I need a mental health day, like would that be acceptable? Probably not in most cases. Um, and this is where like, we need to break that stigma. Mental health is health. And if you need a mental health day, we should be able to have it. And I'm going to end it on this note. No job, no person, no thing, no nothing should be worth more than your mental health. Do what's best for you and do what's going to make you happy. But I am going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, next week's episode, I know I said that I was going to keep season three a little bit light, but I decided that I'm going to potentially be a little bit dark, not necessarily dark, but I'm going <laughs> to go back to talking about 
some very uncomfortable conversations. And next week is going to be about anxiety and gaslighting. I am going to talk about instances where I was gaslighted. And I'm going to talk about me gaslighting myself. And I know that many of us, many of us do that to ourselves. So it's going to be a pretty tough conversation, but I am ready to have it because I feel that this is a topic that we all need to listen to. But with that being said, I do hope that you have a good rest of your day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. And don't forget to live your life, love your life, and love your anxiety.